Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yeah, good morning. Uh, we are breaking a record in studio. Stay tuned uh, for that uh, this morning. Uh, Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Uh, you can get a hold of him in a variety of ways online, robgolfie.com, Rob, G O L F I.com. Call him at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700 at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram and check him out on Facebook as well. If you have a question for Rob and the Golfie team, you can email your question to questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We'll get to your query on a future program. A variety of guests this morning are our most full studio that we've ever had and it includes a canine as well. Uh, <laughs> Rob, maybe introduce uh, your, your side of the table here. Well, this is uh, Brody. He's just a little uh, uh, dog. He's about eight years old. Okay. He's about, uh, I think he's about uh, 12 to 15 pounds. He's a multi, uh, a multi-poo, cute little dog. He's got a little bow tie here. I on, saw that. Uh, or a little tie <laughs> he's, he's wearing. He's dressed for the occasion. Yeah, and uh, he's a good little dog, and uh, uh, we're just, you know, just, we thought we'd br- bring him in because uh, we got Claudio here. From the uh, uh, fire department, uh, you know, I'm sure he's seen a, a, a lot of uh, instances where they've saved dogs, and yeah. I just wanted to, you know, Absolutely. just bring him along to enjoy the enjoy the, the radio show. Yes, Claudio is uh, Claudio Mustachi, uh, fire information officer with the Hamilton Fire Department. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you uh, on this morning. Good morning, and thank you for the invitation. Always w- willing to talk about home fire safety. Yes, uh, no doubt about it. And Philip Golfie also with us today, sales rep uh, with the Golfie team. Uh, we're going to get into a host of things from uh, you know, safety in the home in, in, re- in relation to fires, uh, what to look for when you're going through a home and you're a prospective buyer, and uh, you know, you're thinking about uh, that safety aspect. We'll get into that too. Uh, Hamilton creating a new city for millennials to live in. We'll talk about Hamilton's real estate boom, which is continuing. Uh, not so much for the GTA. We'll get into some numbers uh, in uh, in Toronto and, and down the road. Uh, but maybe we'll start with what's happening in Hamilton. And it was uh, another, we're talking about record breakers, another record-breaking month of May, a record-setting listings month. 3,208 new listings uh, in May, which is an all-time high for that month. That's remarkable. It, it is. The, uh, compared to last year, uh, last year in, in uh, May, there was 2,273. We're f- up 41% in listings. But the, the ironic thing, the sales numbers are the same, almost. Um, we're just under point, half a point in, uh, in, in sales from, uh, from last year to, uh, to uh, this year. And uh, so, I mean, things the sales are almost... I, the same, yeah. but but the inventory is more. It, it the great thing about this is it's becoming more of a balanced market, and uh, and it makes it easier for the buyer when they're looking at buying. You know, they, they got little time to you know think about it, mm-hmm. and and they can negotiate a little bit of uh, you know negotiating a, a decent deal uh, if they feel feel comfortable about it. Not not saying that though, housing prices are still moving up. But not as 
crazy as, as it was in March. And uh, so it's it's becoming more of a, a normal market, which is good for everybody. Yeah. I had someone uh, in my inner circle saying, uh-oh, you know, uh, sales have gone down in May, you know, point, uh, 0.6%. You know, that's a bad thing. And, and I was saying, well, no, I mean, listings are at an all-time high for the month. So, I mean, you've had uh, a substantial, uh, as you said, 41% more listings in May. Uh, sales are almost going to go down because you can't keep up with that. That's that right. Listings, that's right? right. So it just – so right now uh, what's happening in the marketplace is a lot of people are sitting back waiting and watching right uh, because they, they were you know they got scared because of this real estate boom that we just had in the you know uh, the end of February March and then a little bit in April so now especially with the wind government announcing their you know the new program with foreign ta- uh, foreign tax buyers so people now are sitting back and watching so just for instance I listed a property of uh, a friend of mine he uh, we put his uh, he has a townhouse uh, in Stony Creek, and we priced it, you know, pretty good. It's not overly priced. It's not uh, under underpriced, but it's priced, you know, accurately. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very quiet, very very quiet. Uh, we're getting few showings. And he actually called me this morning. He goes, Rob, what's going on? I says, I, I said, Don, don't worry about it. I go, things are just settled. Just let's just sit tight. The market is just. Like just people are just kind of watching and looking and, and, you know, just taking their time before they they're going to commit to something. I says, don't do any price adjustments. Just 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 hang in there. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. So it's just it's a cooling off right now. We're just uh, people are just watching right now. Uh, That uh, three thousand two hundred eight listings. That's for all property types. We're not just talking. That's right. right? That's right. Uh, All property types. Average sale price in May. So we went from five hundred and eight thousand, almost five hundred nine thousand in May of twenty sixteen to more than 625,000 yep. this past May. Up That's 20, a substantial to, jump. Tw- yep, 22%. So a lot of that could be a little bit from the carryover from houses that sold in March that are closing in May. Okay. So okay. I, I, I have to. I want to double clarify that. We'll see what happens in June, yeah. uh, in June closings and, and July, and then you'll see it balance out a little more. Yeah, it'll give you a bit of uh, a better picture. That's right. Uh, average days on the market also uh, a substantial difference. Uh, Twenty three average days in the market in May of 2016, down to sixteen. It's still hot. Yeah, see how that it's it's still less sixteen days on the market. Yeah. That's and insane. Last year was 23 days on the market. So, do we expect that kind of uh, action or that kind of listings to continue throughout the summer? Yes, yes, and I think we're, and then it'll pick back up again. Um, uh, you'll, you'll see uh, more activity starting to happen, and we're just waiting for that that that, that kickstart. Like yeah. it's just it's going to happen overnight. You're going to see all of a sudden everybody's jumping in again, <laughs> and they're going to all of a sudden you know it's like I don't know what it is. There's it's like uh, everybody uh, must listen to the same. The real estate show with Rob Golfie, I don't know. <laughs> but they, um, what they do is um, all of a sudden they just come back one weekend. And, yeah. it, like, and we don't know what triggers it. And it's not just a, a trickle effect that comes in. It, like, it's gangbusters. Mm-hmm. When they come, they come at all the same time. And we just don't understand how that market works, how, like, what, what the public does. Uh, what triggers them to come all at the same time? Yeah. We don't know. We were doing the show, uh, I think it was the week prior to Easter, and you had prognosticated that, uh, yeah, there's going to be a, a, a minor adjustment or cooling off period, and that, that did happen a couple of weeks later, yes. so you're bang on with that. Yeah. Uh, more so with the GTA and, and what's happening now with the province uh, trying to tackle you know the increasing and insane home prices in Toronto specifically, but that has had a serious impact on the GTA market. Yeah, with, with the wind, well, we, 
Well, the Toronto is a, is a major city in Canada, and you're going to get foreign buyers like Vancouver and Toronto. So yep. what happens is when they announce that uh, change, they uh, what what happened is they're waiting and sitting back. These uh, these foreign buyers now they they held back, and they're uh, they're they're. You know, we don't have as many foreign buyers in Hamilton as as Toronto does, so they're yeah. going to feel the pain more more often, more than we would. Um, we do get the GTA buyers coming to Hamilton; they're still coming, mm-hmm. and that's what's keeping the market strong here in Hamilton because it's still affordable for them to come here. Yeah. So home sales in the GTA plunged twenty point three percent last month compared to May of twenty sixteen. Uh, should they be fearful of, uh, of a drop like that? I I think I think it's. Um, you know what? They're so used to having that foreign buyer. Now they're going to have to deal without that foreign buyer, right. and uh, and now they're going to have to do an adjustment. Um, it's just they're just going to have to uh, work, feel it out and work it out and uh, and just go through time and it, yeah. it'll it'll settle itself out. But Vancouver now they're it took almost a year for them to come back. Now their their market's starting to slide back up mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. You know, so because everybody got a, uh, used to the foreign tax thing, so people were trying to figure out what they're going to do. So. It's going to happen in Toronto. They, you know, they're going to feel it hard, but it'll it'll eventually come back. Are are we going to see, or are we already seeing uh, fewer GTA buyers coming here? Because we uh, saw a lot of them. No, we did see a lot of them. They're now they're just sitting and waiting and watching. Okay. And uh, but they'll, they'll be back coming. And uh, and and Hamilton's a great hub, and they love it. Uh, like like I can't believe the restaurants that are opening up in town like we always talked about yeah. the, the culture of Toronto is coming to Hamilton which is fantastic uh, and another reason why uh, you know this market's still very active is because you know the, the affordability factor compared to the GTA those those GTA buyers still looking at Hamilton and the surrounding area and saying we're getting a, you know a, a huge bang for our buck here yeah. oh absolutely and we were just looking at the top cities in uh, in uh, to buy real estate in I, I have that record here and Hamilton is the number six in in out of thirty five cities in Canada to buy to buy a home really yeah I thought we were number one not not long ago I guess yeah. we got more expensive <laughs> no, but I guess it's based on uh, unemployment and everything else okay and but number uh, uh, Hamilton's number six number one is Guelph Guelph is a beautiful city interesting and uh, Brantford is number three wow um, and it's just based on uh, uh, unemployment and everything else like that but uh, and then you got Windsor at number ten Windsor now I mean they're almost uh, dying there, and I mean, you could have bought a property for ten thousand right. dollars like four years ago yeah. in Windsor, or three but years. But great ago. retirement community now. Yeah, now right? they're booming. So, but their average price is still about uh, two twenty-five to two fifty. Wow. Uh, in Windsor. Wow, excellent. Uh, and in terms of uh, statistics, uh, do we expect this summer to be as active as last summer? Because last summer, I mean, you guys it, were pretty it, hopping. Yeah, we were. We were moving. Yes, I do. I, I really feel that. Uh, uh, this summer is just going to—it's uh, going to be a, a busy summer, and it's going to be as strong as it was last year. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Uh, Hamilton creating a, a new city for millennials to live in. So, uh, yeah, we love millennials. We love you know the future generations of of this city. They're going to be our next uh, fire information officers and 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 real estate agents. Uh, so it, it makes sense for this city to cater to you know a lot of those young uh, homebuyers. Well, so what's what's happening is. Uh, I'll give you a, a, a story like in San Francisco. Okay. And I know, I know we got to go to break soon. Yeah. But um, uh, in San Francisco, is a beautiful city, mm-hmm. right? So the tech companies from Seattle are seeing that 
these millennials don't like living in Seattle. They're like, this is not a great city to live in. Oh, it's cold so, and rainy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so they started bringing their – they knew the millennials like to live in trendy cities. So right. they, they moved their companies to uh, San Francisco. Now, San Francisco, the that was an easy way to grab these, you know – um, ex- experienced and technological kids coming into mm-hmm. the marketplace because they want to live someplace nice. Right. But now that's driven prices so expensive in San Francisco. They can't it, afford it. They can't afford it. <laughs> so that's what Toronto, I mean, uh, Hamilton is trying to do. Right. A lot of millennials are moving here. So they want, and, and millennials like to live and work in the same area. So now tech companies and other co- corporations are looking in Hamilton because they're seeing that uh, these millennials are coming to Hamilton. Uh, the, like uh, uh, thousands of them are coming this way, so it's gonna it's gonna help Hamilton out, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, companies have to follow the millennials. It's not like the old days, like us. <laughs> they didn't care. You, if you want to work for us, you're gonna come, <laughs> you, to, you us. come to us. Now, now they're 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 following where the yes. the, the the millennials are. And, and now we're building, you know, infrastructure, LRTs, and all day go, and you know, transportation hubs to get these millennials from point A to point oh, B. Oh yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It, it's all interchangeable. Yeah. All right, let's take our first break, and when we come back, uh, some information from Fire Information Officer Claudia Mustachi and a whole lot more here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio this morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Philip Golfie also in studio with us. He's a sales rep with the Golfie team. And we also have Fire Information Officer Claudia Mustachi with the Hamilton Fire Department. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Give the Golfie team a call today all over social media find rob golfie on facebook at rob golfie on twitter and instagram and hey if you have a question about uh, real estate you want to sell your home or you're looking to buy one you can email questions at rob that's questions at rob we'll get to those questions on a future program uh so again claudia mustachi fire information officer uh, with the hamilton fire department in studio with us uh and i know these guys have a lot of questions for you because they uh, they want to focus on home safety and and uh you know as, as you guys are showcasing homes, safety is a huge component of uh, any home buyer. Oh, a- absolutely. And actually, Brody, my dog here, he's got one little question. <laughs> he, he wants to know how they can get more stickers out to people's homes to let let the fire department know that there is a, a dog in the house. Mm. <laughs> so well, he's kind of worried about that, this little, little we canine. Used to, we used to have those stickers long ago. I don't know if we still yeah, have them with, no, the, with and, the child. You know what, actually, uh, with the stickers, uh, we don't really recommend stickers because what happens is people move and they leave stickers there. Yeah, uh, you're typi- right. Typically right. what we want is when uh, we show up to scene, if people uh, inform us, yeah. uh, let us know that there, uh, if there are pets in there, certainly when we're inside, we will save pets. Uh, we've mm. been at recent fire where we've had to save uh, whether it was cats or, or or dogs we will be in there we're doing our search and rescue uh, we will uh, bring them out and, uh, and give them as much assistance as possible and then the animal services uh, are will be dispatched and they they'll take over care of 
the animals. Oh, uh, that's you know what? I never thought of it. That, good point. Yeah, you're right because people do move. Yeah, and uh, and people leave their stickers on the on the door because sometimes they're hard to take off. Yeah, and meanwhile, you you, you have the fire department going there. They're going back in. So looking for a pet. Meanwhile, there, this house does not have a pet, and uh, yeah, you're right. That is, uh, I never never thought of that. And and that happens uh, sometimes. People even have it with children, and they want to mm-hmm. put things. That's why we don't recommend that you put uh, stickers, or we're not really going to be looking at stickers on, right. the, on the windows because again, we can't take we, that as uh, as the current situation yeah. inside. Wow, well, I do good, recall good the stickers on the windows. I remember my when yeah. I was a kid, our house had those stickers on the windows. When did that end? I'm not really sure when it ended. I, I know in uh, in my career uh, in in fire prevention, and I've been in prevention. I'm on this is my 34th year on the fire department, wow. and uh, I've been 30 years in prevention. And I can, and I know that that's been our constant uh, message that we've been telling uh, people that that the stickers uh, that we don't recommend them. Certainly, some people still put them out there, but. Uh, Right. Uh, we don't recommend yeah, that. Yeah. Good, good okay. point. Good point. Definitely. The um, other thing is, so when I'm looking for uh, uh, houses for clients, uh, you know, it, it's hard because, I mean, we, we know Hamilton's got a lot of old homes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking through. We see uh, houses with, uh, uh, what do you call it, aluminum wiring and knob and tube wiring. Yeah. Are, are fires mostly caused by wiring, or what, what, what are well, fires caused mostly mo- by? Most of the fires in the city of Hamilton uh, are behavioral-type fires, and they're uh, cooking and smoking. They're always number one and two, so they're, they're uh, fires that are preventable. And so that's why we really want to talk to people and, and let them know. Certainly, we're still going to get the occasional electrical fire, and we do get uh, uh, other appliance fires, but the fires that are hitting Hamilton homes and places where people live is uh, cooking and smoking. So we really have to take uh, precautions when we're doing both. So my my two boys here that are uh, young, before they get married, they should really know how their future wives cook. <laughs> <laughs> or they should start cooking themselves. Or they should start cooking, because otherwise uh, their, uh, their, their wives can end up burning the house down. Regardless whether it's the wife or the husband or, or, or the partner. <laughs> whoever, oh, sorry, who, I, labeled, who, I labeled the women there. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, whoever's <laughs> cooking, uh, they, they need to take precautions. And one of the things about cooking is, uh, is uh, we always forget the pot on the stove or yeah. we get busy. We go, we step away, we leave that uh, pot on the stove, we come back, we find it on fire. Uh, you know, and, and the number one thing that we always remind people is that if you have a pot on the stove and it's on fire, never, ever pick it up to carry it outside. Mm. Have a lid right beside it, put, place a lid over it, and, and then uh, call us. Because uh, you'll still call the fire department because you don't know if that fire got in behind the cabinets. We have uh, new cameras, uh, new thermal cameras that we're able to look behind the walls to see if there's any fire there. So it's important. The other thing that's really important to have in a home is a multi-purpose fire extinguisher, and that's a 2A10BC rated extinguisher. And that means it's good for any type of fire so that you can utilize it to put out that fire. So if you have a grease fire in your stove, never, ever put water on it. Because it will just explode into a huge ball of fire. So it's really important to, to have that when it comes to cooking fires. Uh, leave it in place, put a lid on it, um, and, and call 911. And, and uh, we'll come down and we'll make sure that the fire is completely out and it hasn't extended behind your cabinets. We see a lot of new developments in the city in terms of high rises. How do you guys prepare for these? Or is it a walkthrough? Are you given site plans? Or what's the 
what's the process in terms of you know going to check out a, a new high rise that's built? Well, with new high rises, once they're built, uh, they'll do a commissioning test on it, and, uh, and these will be under the building department. They'll do the commissioning test, but they invite us along to do uh, the test. And what we'll do then is gather all the information on the number of floors, where the standpipe connection, or or the connection where the firefighters would hook up to uh, to provide water inside the uh, the apartment, the and all the different uh, emergency. Um, uh, equipment inside, and we'll p- and fire prevention will then provide that to the firefighters. Firefighters who uh, who are in that district, whose station is in the district of where the new building is, what they'll do is they'll do familiarization tours of the of the buildings just to see the layout, so that they know that if uh, because you don't want to go to a building in the middle of the night and then try to figure out where the connection for your for your uh, sprinkler system is and your standpipe system. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And now we see, you know. We see a lot of renovators. The whole the whole new concept is the open concept. Everybody wants that, you know, the open the open concept rooms. You know, everybody wants to knock the walls down and, and open everything up. You know, in terms of a fire safety, what how does that affect homes? You know, in, in terms of the old century homes that are you know room by room and. And, well, and that sort of thing. Well, certainly, uh, one thing that we always say is that if the fire is in the room, you close the door, and that'll keep the fire inside. So in an open concept, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's so important to have working smoke alarms. Because working smoke alarms, regardless of where the fire is, if you're upstairs or uh, in your bedroom area and you're sleeping, those smoke alarms are going to go off and going to give you enough advanced warning. Now, with the new renovations that are going to be done when they're knocking down walls, what they're going to be doing is they're doing those type of renovations in an older home. They, they have to do it under permit. So under permit, when you're renovating a new home like that, the smoke alarms that they have to put in are interconnected smoke alarms. That means they're electric. That means that you need to put one down in the basement, the second, first floor, second floor, and third floor. And they're all interconnected. So that means if they go, if one goes off, they go off throughout the whole house. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah, we just did a renovation, and that's what they did uh, with our uh, with, with our house. They put, uh, it, I, I guess, the smoke alarms got uh, connected, wired. It's wired, wired. and everything. But but wired I'm, I'm, I, it, I'm I'm assuming there's a battery in there too, in case. Some of them do come with a battery backup, uh, but uh, if they don't, uh, then uh, they're electrical because I've been into fires where the electrical system is still energizing and the smoke alarms are still going off uh, right. w- with the electricity. Uh, so it, it's really important. The one thing that I uh, that I should talk about is that if you have an electrical uh, uh, smoke alarm, which is electric, uh, if it's not functioning properly, you can't replace it with a battery smoke alarm. You cannot. You, if, a, if your home is a, has an electric smoke alarm, you must replace it with an electric smoke alarm. Uh, and also, if your system, if, uh, the elect- if the smoke alarms are interconnected, that means that they all go off together, you have to make sure that w- the smoke alarm that you're replacing is compatible with the other ones. Mm. So that when one goes off, they go off throughout the whole house. What's the reasoning for if you have an electrical smoke alarm, why should you not or can you not, by law, replace it with a battery smoke alarm? Uh, the that's the way the fire code is uh, is is written, and it's intended th- when a building is built or when a house is built, and uh, like we're talking about the new construction and with the open concept, 
with the interconnected smoke alarms, it's to give people that advanced warning. Right. Certainly, if uh, if the smoke alarm in the basement senses smoke and starts going off, you upstairs in the bedroom area will hear that because your smoke alarm's going off. In the old days, what would happen is a smoke alarm down in the basement may go off. You're up on the second or third floor. You may not hear that smoke right. alarm. Mm-hmm. If, the, if you have enough doors and they're all closed, right. it's going right. to be faint and, uh, and may not get you out of sleep if you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. This way, with the interconnected, it will uh, uh, give you that advanced warning, which provides you that access to get outside. Claudio, the uh, when did, I, I'm not sure you would know if you know know this, but when did the uh, builders had to start putting uh, wired uh, smoke uh, detectors? What year would we know the houses were built? Uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, back in the 80s. Oh, so uh, it's been a while. Uh, so. They they would require one smoke alarm outside of smoke uh, outside of where you're sleeping. Right. It was wired in. I, I think it, it began. So in new the homes, 80s. new homes, probably Newer, somewhere in the 80s that they built. That's where you had the one. Uh, right now, as as the co- as the building codes are updated, Each uh, uh, what happens is they start to inc- uh, incorporate the uh, the um, the smoke alarms interconnected on every floor. Right. And now we are also having carbon monoxide right, detectors right, also. Yeah. And under the fire code, it's now uh, also mandated that every home needs to have at least one carbon mm-hmm. monoxide detector. And a lot of people, when they're installing carbon monoxide detectors, first thing they do is they're going to put one. Where do they put it? Right beside the furnace, because that's where it's going to happen. <laughs> right. And, and that's not where you want it. You Where you want it is outside of where you're sleeping, because that's when you're more, most susceptible to carbon monoxide. And you want to be uh, awoken to the potential of carbon monoxide so that you can get out. So obviously, uh, 99.9% of furnaces are going to be in the basement. You could probably say 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it make sense to have the carbon monoxide detector in the basement, or should that be upstairs? It has to be upstairs. Okay. The, the way the code is written, and, uh, and it makes most sense, is that uh, if you're going to have one uh, carbon monoxide, you only require one carbon monoxide detector outside of all your sleeping areas. So if you have more than one sleeping area, certainly right. if you have a sleeping area on the first floor, you need one there, and uh, if, uh, on the second floor, you need one there. Okay. But you do not need one outside of your furnace. The, the one thing that you have to understand and look at the manufacturer's instructions when, lo- uh, when placing these carbon monoxide detectors, many of them say that you shouldn't locate it within 10 feet of any appliance which produces carbon monoxide. Hmm. And the reason for that is there could be a little bit of seepage, but not necessarily a lethal dose of carbon monoxide. Absolutely. Right. You're correct there, Rick. Uh, let's get into, because you brought up apartments and condos, how much more difficult logistically is fighting a fire on, say, the 10th floor of a, of a condo in an apartment building uh, in term or uh, compared to a house? Well, what happens with uh, with uh, fires and high-rise fires? Uh, now, each floor level does have... Uh, it does have a standpipe connection and the hosing where where we would get our water from. So the the, uh, the apartments, the way they're designed is that to contain the fire within that apartment. Mm. And that's why it's important. If you look at many of the high-rise apartment buildings, what they have is a, we call them the self-closer. It's that thing on the top of the door that closes a, closes your door and makes yep. it a real hassle to move stuff in. <laughs> and yeah. people disconnect it. I'll tell you, that's what's, the reason that's there is if there's a fire in that apartment, it's going to contain it, that yeah. apartment. And we've been to so many f- apartment fires where the door is working properly, that fire will be contained. Our firefighters go up to that floor. We'll use a firefighter's elevator. And now people should understand that. What The way... For, um, elevators work in a high-rise apartment building, if the fire alarm system goes off, 
those elevators automatically recalled down to the first floor. Mm -hmm. And those are now under the control of firefighters. So that means if you're on the 10th floor and you need to get out, you're going to be using the stairs. You're not oh, that actually that actually yeah. forces everybody to use the stairs, yeah. not the elevators. Yeah, absolutely. You're, those uh, those fire uh, those elevators now are under uh, firefighters' uh, direction when once we get there and they're for our use. And uh, so that's what you have to remember is that you have to really, if you're in a high-rise apartment building and there is a fire, what you need to understand is that. What you do is, you if the fire is in, not in your unit, open your 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 door, feel your door, make sure that there's no heat and the, the door is fine. Once you open your door, if there's no smoke, start proceeding to the uh, stairs. Once you're in the stairwell, never go up, go down. Go down. Yeah. We've heard so many stories of people watching too many movies and wanting to go up to the <laughs> roof, and the helicopter is going to come and get them. <laughs> that's diehard. That's diehard. Well, <laughs> die exactly. Well, we don't do that. Because typically you get up to the roof and the door will be locked, and if the smoke gets up into that uh, stairwell, it'll go all out. Uh, then you're going to be uh, suffering from smoke inhalation and, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes uh, even death. So yeah. it's important. You get into that stairwell and start going down. If at any point you start to encounter heavy smoke, go back into your apartment or your uh, condo unit and uh, get some... Um, and, you know, you know, some people that I talk to, some firefighters and that, what they have is a roll of tape. And what you do is tape around the door to prevent smoke from coming into your mm -hmm. unit, put a, a towel or something at the bottom, and then go call 911 and let us know that you're inside that unit if smoke starts coming in. And we'll make it a priority to come and get there. And two reasons for the elevator. I, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Uh, number one, it's to allow you guys to get to the fire location quickly. Number two, you don't want people waiting on the 12th floor to take the elevator down. Get to the stairs, you'll get down a lot sooner. Absolutely. And, and the other thing, too, is uh, that uh, the, fire, uh, the firefighters' uh, elevators are designed specifically, uh, even uh, how you use them, it's a little bit different. And mm. certainly speaking about high-rise, one of the biggest causes of fire, one of the most causes of fires that we're getting right now is people smoking out on balconies yeah. and tossing that cigarette Yes, out. that, and, that happened. Yeah. You, were on the, you were on the news on, on, about that. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? Toronto was just uh, saying the same thing, that they're experiencing a, a huge increase in mm -hmm. that. And we just have to make people mindful of about smoking outside and being uh, just as uh, cautious outside as you are if you're smoking inside. Yeah, so many people have a lot of things on their patios, uh, couches, uh, boxes if they're storing things, and yeah, if someone flicks uh, you know, a cigarette butt off there or a balcony, it goes however many floors down below, that's certainly going to cause, and I think we had one last summer uh, as well that didn't cause a lot of damage, but uh, it was an incident uh, last summer, I think it was last summer, uh, time flies, that uh, where someone <laughs> flicked a cigarette butt off, and I'm not sure if we ever you know caught the person or, or yeah. uh, pinpointed yeah. the cause or we just the person. Had the, the most recent one, I think, was about three weeks ago. Yeah. Where yeah. we just had one. Well, we'll take another uh, break. When we come back, more from Claudio Mustachi, Fire Information Officer from the Hamilton Fire Department. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Places and these places 
Hamilton Real Estate Show continues on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Philip Golfie, sales rep with the Golfie team, also in studio with us. You can call them at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, RobGolfie.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, questions at RobGolfie.com is the email address. Again, questions at RobGolfie.com. In studio with us today, Claudio Mustachi, Fire Information Officer with the Hamilton Fire Department. You had a question, Rob, about yeah, yeah, rope the, ladders. Uh, I'm not sure if you would know this, Claudio. Like, you, you see, uh, uh, th- there are places, I guess, you can buy these, are rope ladders. You ever... You ever uh, I, I have seen them. Uh, do, is there anybody in Hamilton that sells those things? Or I, th- I think uh, they can be purchased... Um, you have to go online, probably. Uh, some uh, some of them are online, and I I know that uh, some of the uh, like Canadian Tire and Home right. people have carried them. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I caution with people with that is that you have to understand if I don't know if you've ever tried uh, climbing something that's unstable. Yeah. And uh, trying to care uh, trying to use that is very difficult. The other thing is if you don't practice it, not that I'm saying that you should. From a third story, <laughs> <laughs> you're taking it out of the box the first time <laughs> un- under emergency. Hey, exactly. <laughs> so, so what we recommend is instead of doing this, the rope ladders, ensure that your smoke alarms are working because yeah. that is going to give you your Head. your first line of defense, and that's going to give you your first notice, so you'll be able to walk out of your front door, even if you're on the third floor. If you have working smoke alarms, it's yeah. going to give you enough warning. The thing that you have to remember is that smoke and fire. Quick, quickly escalates. So what you need to do is you don't go looking around for things. Hmm. You don't uh, you don't go thinking, well, I got to go get those important papers because you know what, they're really important. I need them. Well, you know, you know, you need to get out right away because if uh, once uh, that fire gets going and the amount of smoke, what'll happen is the carbon monoxide will affect you. It'll, it'll affect your uh, your uh, abilities to to know where you are or what you're doing. So it really affects you. So you need to get out right away. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say working smoke alarms and you need a, a, a plan in place for you and your family so to know exactly what to do and how to do it and do it quickly. And if you have someone in the home that needs help, who's going to be assigned to go out and help that person to get out? And once you get out, have a meeting place so that when we arrive on scene, you can tell us that everybody's out of the home and we're able to go in there. And the other thing is never, ever go back into a burning building regardless of who or what is in there because once you go in one breath of that hot gas will just it, it right. will render you right. unconscious yeah. so it's yeah. important yeah. to remember that yeah uh, tell us we'll go in we're equipped with the uh, proper equipment we'll go in there and uh, we'll get what what we need to get yeah just like the uh, in schools i'm sure they still do it the uh, they practice uh, fire drills yes. everybody going outside and everything Absolutely. like that yeah well especially with children because children uh, smaller children what what do they do they hide Right. You know, and, and uh, when you go into a fire, uh, it's again, I, I hate to refer to the movies, but people think being in a fire is what you see in, uh, on TV, mm. and it's not. Uh, when you go into a fire, all you see nothing. You put your hand in front of your face, you will not be able to see your hand. So basically, when we're going into a place that's on fire, the way we're locating people is by doing arm and leg sweeps as we're crawling around. Wow. If we bump into something soft, and then, then we realize it's a person, and we mm. carry them out. Right. So it's important. If you have children... Let them know if there's a fire to get out right away. If they've done something bad, don't hide. Get out right, right away. Yeah.
We've talked about this uh, before in, in, in interviews that we've done, uh, you know, post-fires uh, and, and even in you know, a prevention setting as well. Um, how much time, and I know every fire is different, how much time does a person have? And I know you want them to get out as fast as they can, but do they literally have like a minute or two minutes that's, safely? That's, a, that's exactly right. If you look and, and uh, see how quickly fire progresses, and again, it depends on the home, depends on the furnishings, depends yeah. on what's burning inside the home. But certainly with the new uh, furnishing that we have now, <coughs> The amount of smoke—it's not the actual flame that yeah. that uh, that uh, will uh, will hinder you. It's the smoke. It's the visibility. Mm-hmm. So it's important to get out. So within a minute, you're going to get lo- uh, the smoke generation is going to be at a point where you will not be able to see anymore. So it's important that you get yeah. out right away. Different scenario, but uh, there was a, a tremendous illustration on the force of fire last summer with the Fort McMurray wildfire, and and one uh, you you guys probably saw it too, and many of our listeners probably saw this. Uh, there was one home that had. Uh, uh, an in-home camera security system yeah, and they I, showed I, the video yeah, and that, that fire erupted like within cold. seconds yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and you have that we have several videos that we've had and even one that the fire marshal's office has produced which uh, had recreated this one scene where there was a fatal fire just to see uh, how the conditions changed once the front door was opened and you can actually see how the pro- the fire progressed through the through that house so quickly wow. so it's really really important uh, to, once your smoke alarms go off get out of the house right away and uh, call 911 from outside now we all have cell phones uh, today but yeah. if you don't don't stop to use uh, your home phone get out call from a neighbor mm-hmm. uh, there's we've got about two minutes left in this segment there are a lot of uh, families now that both mom and dad work and a lot more younger children are staying at home either by themselves or they have a babysitter how important is it for and you mentioned the, the fire safety plan how important is it for the family to sit down to say in the event of a fire if you kids are home by yourself you know who does what where do you go where's the meeting place Absolutely, and and that's and that was uh, what comes along with uh, the uh, whole thing about escape planning and, and planning with your children. Now uh, there are uh, babysitter courses out there, and fire department. Uh, we have people that go and teach those uh, uh, young people uh, for babysitting on on fire safety and what they should be t- looking at and and uh, and knowing what to do if there's ever a fire in the mm-hmm. home. So it's important with children to really reinforce that consistently. And uh, that will make that will save their lives. One more break and one more segment to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Last go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also with us, Philip Golfie, sales rep with the Golfie team and the team mascot as well. Uh, our, Bro- uh, our family dog, Brody. <laughs> yeah. Brody is well-behaved uh, and well-dressed. Better than me, I'll tell you that. Uh, RobGolfi.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com is the website. 905-575-7700. If you have a home to sell, call the Golfi team today. 905-575-7700. Our special in-studio guest today, Claudia Mustachi, Fire Information Officer with the Hamilton Fire Department. And you guys are launching an education program. Tell us about it. Well, after uh, last year and uh, where we lost 11 citizens in, uh, in fires, uh, we looked at um, a new approach in addressing uh, just getting the information out. And what uh, we've uh, come up with is a new program where firefighters are going out 
uh, to all homes in the city of Hamilton. Uh, that's city of Hamilton and the rural areas. Mm. Uh, they're they're going to be going door to door, knocking on doors, and uh, just talking with the residents, uh, reminding them about the importance of smoke alarms, reminding them that uh, about working smoke alarms, asking them that if they need assistance in putting them up, or if they uh, if they're missing smoke alarms, firefighters will will uh, go in and, and install the smoke alarms or batteries if needed. So they're, they're going to be visiting homes from uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Monday to Friday, and on Saturdays from 10 to 12. So what they'll do is they'll uh, ask you if, uh, if uh, you'd like to talk about smoke alarms and they'll just let you know all the importance of, of smoke alarms. Also, if you're not home, they'll be leaving something on your door, hmm. a, a hanger on your door, some information. So if you if you want firefighters to come back to talk to you or to help you with your smoke alarms, it'll have a number on there for you to call and firefighters will come back. You can make an appointment and uh, firefighters will return back to your home. This is a tremendous idea and I'm, I'm guessing the response has been quite good already. So far, it's uh, we're into our third week and it's going really well. Uh, we're getting a, a, a very positive response from, uh, from the um, residents. Uh, of our firefighters being out and also even our firefighters are really uh, you know they're uh, they're going out there because you know we see the uh, results of homes where there's smoke alarms lacking and uh, when we go into a home and uh, because of the uh, smoke alarms not working and uh, we're we're carrying out people uh, that is uh, it's tragic Mm -hmm. uh, especially the the fires that we had last year where we lost uh, six people in in two fires, uh, that that is uh, yeah. very hard, and uh, certainly we we always uh, if we want to promote and we want to educate everyone on smoke alarms and the importance of smoke alarms and and maintaining those smoke alarms, making sure they're working, checking them once a month mm-hmm. to make sure that they work. Uh, let's talk about barbecues. We're in the summer months. Uh, it is barbecue season, uh, and a lot of people are. I was at someone's house a couple of weeks ago where they had a, a propane line right, uh, you know, through their backyard and, and, and in their barbecue. Uh, are, are we seeing a lot more uh, external uh, of the home fires? Well, it, we we typically do get some uh, propane barbecue fires and and even the gas line uh, fires. So the thing that you have to remember about. Uh, uh, barbecues, uh, whether it's propane or gas, is the location of your barbecue. Hmm. Uh, make sure that uh, you're locating it far enough away from combustible uh, objects, whether it's your fence or your deck. Uh, and and, uh, and certainly it's, it's it's your cooking and you have to understand sometimes people put it out there and you're just leaving it for a long period of time on a windy day yeah uh, last year we did have a situation where uh, the wind knocked over a barbecue that was on it uh, caused the, de- the deck to catch on fire which extended into the home so it's really important that you you be aware of where your uh, your barbecue is located the other thing is that we have to remember is um, people sometimes tend to put their propane barbecues inside their garage or their attached garage. That this is, is not a good idea. Not a good <laughs> idea. That's like putting a bomb inside your garage. <laughs> if there's a leak inside that propane, you go hit your garage door opener, there's a little spark. Ooh. With that trapped propane, it's going to explode. So under the Propane Handling Act, you're not allowed to put or store uh, any propane cylinders inside your garage. And most people have probably an extra propane propane tank because, you know, you always run out of propane. Sure, yeah. So I better call my dad and tell him to get that <laughs> propane tank out of the garage. Wow. Yeah, Please do that, that yeah. because we don't really <laughs> no, want to respond. And, 
and that's what uh, we really uh, that's what you need to do is get that propane and and take it outside don't store it inside your garage mm. so with uh with barbecues you have to be aware of where you're locating it away from combustibles and the storage of propane making sure that the propane is not uh, stored inside any mm. uh, gr- attached garage to your home uh, you mentioned uh, fire extinguishers uh, earlier on in the show where's the best place to store it well, Rick, I, it's um, been in situations where they they had a fire extinguisher and it was a ro- uh, stove top uh, fire, and the fire extinguisher was, was located right beside the stove. That is not an appropriate spot. <laughs> <laughs> a little too hot. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, 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 well, they couldn't get to the extinguisher because the stove was on fire. So, <laughs> where, where you want to locate the extinguisher is so that uh, you can make a determination. Once you get to your extinguisher, you look back at the fire. And you d- can determine, should I fight this fire? Right. If you cannot fight the fire, then you can leave. You don't want to put a, uh, the extinguisher in a location where you have to walk by the fire to get to the extinguisher. Yeah. Then when you look at trying to fight the fire, you see that it's w- much too large. Because the extinguisher, once you once you uh, pull the pin and you point it and shoot, you only have about 40 seconds of, of, uh, of extinguishing. And then that's it. So it's important to locate it on the way out so then you can, if, if you need it, uh, you can make that determination whether mm-hmm. you can use it or not. So beside the stove is not a good idea. No, and, and the other thing, uh, rule of thumb is if you can't put it up with a cup of water, then don't even try it with an extinguisher because you, if you think you're going to knock down a huge fire, you're not. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Guys, thanks for coming in, Claudio especially. Uh, thanks uh, for, for doing what you do and, and keeping our city safe. I know we uh, we all appreciate it in this room, that's for sure. Thank, thank yeah, you, Claudio. Yeah, it was Claudio. fun today. Fun yeah. today. Learned good, a lot good, of stuff. Good, good. Yeah, I learned a lot of stuff here today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and we always like sharing this information and trying to get it out to as many people as possible. And just remember, just check your smoke alarms. Make sure that they work. Check our face. Check our Facebook, and uh, we'll have a picture of all of us here with uh, our little dog Brody. Awesome, good stuff. You've been listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM nine hundred CHML.